Four, please. The knackered golfist now driving. Hello and welcome to the Knackered Golfist. I am your host, the Knackered Golfist. Um, I wanted to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Um, this year, 2020, has been a bit stressful to a lot of people. And um, I hope uh, wherever you are, wherever you are, wherever you may be, to have a great uh, Thanksgiving with um, whoever it may be. So... I wanted to share a little bit about um, what Thanksgiving used to mean to golf and what it is slowly becoming as far as television coverage goes to certain events. Namely, um, what I remember growing up as a kid was remembering the Skins game. But really what I wanted to talk about first was I made a... Um, my son and I went on sort of an odyssey to get this, uh, this new putter in my hands that I bought on OfferUp. And um, what, is, what I did is I chatted with, with somebody on OfferUp, and they had this, uh, this putter for sale. And um, I have a feeling they didn't really know how much it was worth. And so I gave this person an offer, and they took it, and they're like, it's yours, you know. And I, I don't, I don't want to share how much I paid for it, but I really hope that, um, I don't know, I, I feel like I got a good deal on this putter. It's a Ping Pal 4, and it's a beryllium, beryllium copper version. Let me say that again. It's a Ping Pal 4 that's the beryllium copper version, and it's... Uh, it's 36 inches long, and it's really, really cool looking. It's really a, a classic piece from probably the 80s is when this came out. Let me grab it here. Stand by. It's actually drying off. I do, I do whenever I get a new putter, I, uh, I make sure that it's clean. So I, um, I clean it with, like, uh, palm olive soap, with palm olive, the dish, the green dish soap. And I make sure that it's clean for for me, and also for my son who may who will use it uh, sometimes. Um, it came. It's 36 inches long. It's the uh, it has the the BQ, um, on the heel of the putter, and it's the Ping Pal Force, the beryllium, beryllium copper version, and it's the um, I don't know how to describe it. It's the uh, it's the, um, I guess it's the answer style hosel. It's the original answer and also the answer two and also answer three sort of hosel connection to the shaft. So it's actually, it's actually like fitting into a, a pipe. It's a female end of a pipe and then the shaft would be the male end. And so they, um, they come together and make the shaft and putter connection. And, um, it's really good. It's really solid and I, uh, I love my Ping Pal 6 that's also beryllium copper. I love that putter to death. And I actually think that, and for one thing, my son and I traveled to four different golf courses today to, um, to get the proper, you know, I mean, just to putt around with it, obviously. I mean, it's a putter, right? You're going to putt around with it. Let me get a, let me get a drink here. But, yeah, you want to you wanna break in a putter when you get it and you want to... What I did is I, I picked up this putter at, uh, 
at, in a parking lot at a golf course in Fairfield, California. And we immediately went to the bathroom to, to wash it off. You know, you go to the washroom and you, uh, you give the, uh, the putter that you got a, uh, a rub down or a clean down as it were, just get some, uh, get some soap out of the soap out of the sink and, um, wash your hands and then wash the putter down. And I did the grip, I did the shaft, I did the head, you know, and, and that's it. That's all you got to do. And that sort of gets you started with, with cleaning off the putter. And then when I got it home, I, uh, I washed it more thoroughly than that. So it still has the ping, uh, sticker label on there with the ping man on there. And it says, you know, with the balanced, with the balance work toe heel balance and the a is red that sort of thing. So everything is pretty much still in order on this putter. There's no really, there's no sort of knackered look to this thing. Um, it looks really well maintained and well taken care of. It's a classic piece. And I, to the, I don't really know if any tour players use this putter to win anything on tour. I'm, I'm wondering if Billy Mayfair used this. Um, I got to look that up because, uh, he was a uh, he was a ping staff member and he won the LA Open in nineteen eight in nineteen ninety eight, and he beat Tiger Woods at uh, Valencia Country Club in uh, Valencia, California, and that was the year the only year that they didn't have the event at Riviera in modern in the modern era. They were having they were hosting the United States Senior Open at Riviera that year, which was in. I think it was late June or early July, if I'm not mistaken. And I worked that tournament. I mowed approaches uh, during that tournament, um, which is a which was a fascinating experience in in it of itself. But but Ty, but Billy Mayfair was he was he beat Tiger Woods at the LA Open, and they called it the Nissan Open, obviously. And so I'm wondering if he used this Ping Pal 4. I'm just wondering if he did or not. Because, you know, there was there was Frank Nobolo, Craig Perry, um, the, and Colin Montgomery. Those guys all used Ping Pal, Beryllium Copper Putters. And to the for the life of me, I, I, can, I can only remember those guys right now. Um, and then Billy Mayfair. So I think if you were a tour player back then, um, and you played, and you, and you had the option of playing... A ping uh, putter. I think you would have chosen the uh, the uh, the copper version. And I think uh, during that time, the beryllium copper was the was the highly sought after putter that that guys were always using on tour. And then you had your exceptions like Mark O'Meara and Greg Norman, who used the ping answer two uh, stainless steel version. But Norman had this thing of putting a big block of lead behind the sweet spot, which is which I found fascinating. But then Mark O'Meara, he was the only guy that that probably didn't have any weight on that putter at all, and he won the Masters and British Open with it. Um, and then that's that's all I can think of right now. So the Ping Pal Four, I think it's a really solid, really compact, um, balanced. It's a really well balanced putter. Um, just in my hands, it's, I mean, I said earlier it was 36 inches long, but it is. It's a compared to my Ping Pal Six, which I think. I was doing a little bit of research on uh, both putters, and I read somebody posted on the old school ping group on Facebook that said, I guess um, when McGregor developed their 
response putter for Jack Nicklaus in 86 when he won the Masters. It was in... It was sort of a... Uh, a way to go against uh, Ping to... Because uh, it, it really looked... That putter that Nicholas used to win the Masters in 86 was really similar to a Ping Pal looking kind of a putter. And for years, Tom Watson used the original Ping Pal, which was the uh, brilliant... I'm sorry, the uh, manganese bronze, which I still have never really putted with other than in a store, which is the original... It's the OG version of uh, the Ping Pal line. So, um, so you got your Ping Pal, the Ping Pal 2, um, and then you have both stainless and brilliant copper versions, the Ping Pal 4, the Ping Pal 5, and then the Ping Pal 6. So I have, I have a Ping Pal 4, I have a Ping Pal 5, and I have two Ping Pal 6s. So that's fascinating. The Ping Pal 5 is, uh, has a different nozzle I'm sorry, um, hosel uh, connection to the head, which is, you know, what, what Karsten used to do. He used to make all these different variations of putters and uh, how it was all about feel. It was all about being balanced for everyone on the green. He had a putter for everyone. And I find that finally, since I'm able to actually putt with a ping putter now, I'm finding that... Um, that his brilliance in uh, developing all these putters is just is just uh, amazing. So I really want to get my hands on the actual book that documents and has pictures of all these ping putters that he made or that he designed and he manufactured and made. Um, I think it, the book is called and the and the club went ping or something like that. It's got a, a picture of a of a of the one a in the uh, the gold putter vault, which is um, one of the big deals at Ping. So, um, and then there's the uh, there's this Pong man who has his version of the book of all the uh, Ping putters that were made. So there was an era. So all the so all these putters fit into the era of when Karsten was alive. So this was sort of. I think the putters that I have are all Karsten Solheim era putters. And that was when Ping was great. And I think um, when he passed away, it was, it was you know, they developed into different uh, materials and different ways of doing, different ways of making putter. And that's when the game evolved. And that's when, you know, the Pro V1 came out and all this other stuff. And so I heard one guy on another podcast say something like, well, back in the 80s and 90s, you had hard putters and soft golf balls. And then in the 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s, you have soft putters and hard golf balls. So that's sort of a, a concept that's interesting. So what I wanted to share, in addition to... So, so differentiating between the Ping Pal 4 and my Ping Pal 6, I think... And, and for one thing I didn't mention, this Ping Pal 4 has one of these wind grips on it. And it's a uh, a wind jumbo light putter grip, and it's a it's a beautiful sort of aqua blue color grip that I find cool. And it takes it takes a little bit more time to actually dry off because I had this thing I had it washed down a bit in the sink, so um, it'll take a little bit more time to dry off. And then I want to, 
And then I, I did something else where I, uh, on the way home from where we were, see, we drove, we drove an hour from where I live here in the Sacramento area. We drove an hour to pick up this putter in a, in a parking lot in Fairfield, California at Paradise Valley Golf Course, which incidentally I played, I've only played that course once, I think. I may have played it once, if not twice. I'm only remembering the one time that I did play it, and it was, and it was the the year was 1993 or 1994, and I had I was driving my my brand new 1994 Honda Civic VX, which was hang on a second, which was the car that was going to change the automotive world in terms of fuel economy. And I guess that was the thing in terms of fuel economy. I think it was a 1.8 liter engine, if not 1.6. And the thing about it is that it was a five-speed manual transmission. It was front-wheel drive. There was no power steering. There was no... I mean, the only thing automated on the car was the air conditioning. I had air conditioning in that car. And... I mean, I, it was front-wheel drive, and the thing about it was it had really thin tires. And so the thin tires was what the selling point was to the consumer to, to save fuel. And it was, it was you know, the, the, the thinner tire that you have, the, the more fuel that you'll uh, save in, uh, per week or per month or per year. And what, what ended up happening to me is that what the negative part of that equation is that you lose control of the car. And if you have thin tires and if you're not the most experienced driver in the world, you may have situations where you may lose control here and there when you don't think you will lose control because of physics and momentum and all that stuff. So what happened to me is while I was out, I, I left one morning, I left my home, and uh, I went out to go play golf. I think it could have been a Saturday morning or Friday morning or whatever it was. And I left, and uh, I was over, I was on Interstate 80 going westbound, and I was going through Davis, California. And I was on the, uh, the south side of the UC Davis campus, and what I saw in the road was a paint, was like a five-gallon bucket in the road and what i decided to do was to go off the freeway through a bit of gravel that was off the road and sort of avoid the bucket that was in the road and so what happened was is i avoided the bucket but then i lost complete control of the car and i did a, a flat spin i ended up facing traffic and i thought i was dead i thought it was going to be hit, hit head on by a semi truck coming you know closely behind me i was in the fast lane so the car had stalled and so i immediately sped off the freeway and got to the side of the road to contain myself <coughs> so that was on my way to play golf at paradise paradise valley golf course in fairfield and um from then from that point forward i uh that was my only time to play Paradise Valley, and I thought it was uh, it was it was it was more of the it was more of a newer golf course in Fairfield because over in that area there weren't uh, very many golf courses being uh, being uh, grown in. So, anyway, we'll be right back. Stand by. 
All right, we're back. Welcome back to the Knackered Golfist podcast. So where was I? Um, so we we met this gentleman, uh, and I picked up this uh, Ping Pal 4 uh, putter that I purchased off of OfferUp. And it's a good resource if you want to get a good club in your hand. Um, no really, no really, uh, nothing really big into it. So it's a good... It's a good outlet to uh, get stuff bought or whatever. I recommend it. So it's, it's probably better than it's probably better than Craigslist. So because it uses the software in the uh, in the app to do all the communication instead of using your your phone and all that stuff. So that's better than Craigslist. So once so we we spent a little bit of time at the uh, uh, Paradise Valley Golf Course putting green. And it was nice. It was really well maintained this course, but the cups were upside down, and um, it's better than nothing. I mean, we found we went to four different golf courses today, and we found that um, that Paradise Valley was one of the best golf courses we went to to practice on their green. So it was a good green. So it's more of a I, I can't. It's hard to describe the green. It's. Uh, I don't know. It's more of there's three different sections of area of the green for cups to be placed, and it was in the nor- it was in the easternmost uh, position on that green today. So you have your easternmost, your more westernmost, and then most western uh, placement of the green. So it was a good green to practice on. It really well maintained, and uh, City of Fairfield does a good job maintaining that place. I don't know if it's uh, the city that maintains it or if it's an outside contractor, but it's a really well maintained golf course. If you get a chance to check that place out, it's well worth it's well worth your time. So um, then we decided to take a little bit of a drive. Uh, we went through the uh, I guess you call it the Susun Valley which is a, uh, a series of, of uh, wineries and places where they grow grapes for wine. And uh, I don't know all the nomenclature on that. But we took, a, uh, we took more of a, a scenic way to get to... We were going to Napa, and uh, Napa is where Silverado Resort is. And, and there was, it was... I was like, where does... My son didn't really know where to go, so I was like, all right, let's just take this road and see where it goes. And uh, we we took Highway 121 from this junction off of the Susun Valley Road, and we went to Napa, and we went to a place uh, called Napa Golf Course, which was at the uh, John F. Kennedy Park. And what we found at this green, it's a huge green, really cool place to practice your putting, but it was a real big downer because they didn't have any cups cut on the green at all, and it was a real disappointment, and it was more of a... It was a, it was appalling more than anything else because everybody was like they were all wearing masks, and it was just a real pain. Because the whole thing about this COVID thing is that you really don't know when you drive up to a golf course what the sort of system is that they have in place at these courses to to help the golfer figure out you know what services are available and what aren't. There's not really any sort of update that golf courses give the consumer to be able to uh you know figure out you know what day and time is in place and what the sort of setting is on the course and how the how the course is being prepared 
And I really would like to know that going into playing a course because if you go to a, a, especially for me, I like going to different courses and practicing on the green. I like doing that. And I think that it's a disservice to allow, I mean, to not let the golfer know via anything other than showing up and seeing that there's no holes on the green. That's what you got. That's what you got to do. And, and guys were putting tees in the green and like, oh, I'm going to putt to a tee. You know, isn't that great? That's freaking asinine in my opinion. I really don't like that. And I think uh, it's a disservice to the golf golfing public to not have golf cups on the green. So we were only there maybe like 10 minutes. And they had drains on the green. And I found myself putting into a drain. And I'm like, uh, I'm not doing this. So I... We got into the truck and got on the road, and we found. So we went down the road a little bit, um, past. Uh, well, Napa is uh, Napa is what it is. Um, you go down Soskal, and then you get on Highway 29, and then right when you hit the Napa Airport, you make a left on Highway 12, and then you go towards I-80 in Fairfield, and there's two golf courses on that road. You got Eagle Vines Golf Club which is the newer golf course that was installed probably in the, in the last 10 to 15 years, if not, if not longer. And then down the road a bit more is Chardonnay Golf Club, which I've played. And they have a really good uh, practice green. Uh, but So we went to Eagle Vines Golf Club, and I, I thought it was a really sort of high-end uh, resort or high-end public golf course that you had to wear a golf shirt. I mean, I was just wearing a T-shirt and my... Uh, my khakis and uh we were able to get on the green and the the green looked like it was a bit knackered and it was a bit in disrepair and the course was the course was dry or the surroundings were dry and it wasn't really i don't know it, the place looked like it was struggling and so i hope they're doing okay and i don't want the golf course to go out of business because of this covid thing so i was sort of i was a bit ap- um how do you call it um I had empathy for the place, so I hope it's doing okay. So anyway, we put it on the green a little bit, but this green had the proper cups, and they had flags in the green and all that stuff, and we uh, washed our hands and all that stuff and made sure we were clean when we were done. And so uh, we got in and out of there, and then we went down the road a bit more, and we just basically came home. So we... We took uh, we took the road and we went to uh, we went back to Sacramento went back to where we came through here and then we went to uh, Whitney Oaks Golf Club and then well, then we stopped at um, Dick's Sporting Goods and what I wanted to do with this Ping Pal Four that I got is I wanted to Scott Verplank it and what I mean by that is wrapping tennis racket tape around the grip to make it feel softer which he is known for using the same ping answer putter for at least 30 years on tour. But he has this uh, tennis racket uh, tape wrapped around his grip. And he's had that putter since I saw him back in 2015 at the U.S. Senior Open at Del Paso Country Club. So I call that procedure Scott Verplanking your putter because that's I've seen that I've seen that before, but he... But his, you know, inspiration for that, that's called verplanking your putter. So I did that, and um, I have to say, when we went to the next putting green, which was at Whitney Oaks Golf Club in Rockland, I have to say that um, it may have improved the feel by, like, 1%. (laughs) It didn't really do a whole lot. I mean, I, I may have done it wrong, 
I may have, um, I got this Prince sort of multicolored uh, tape that was at Dick's Sporting Goods. And they have orange, green, and pink. And I used the pink one. He's like, my son is like, all right, yeah, be like Bubba and do the pink. So I'm like, okay, pink putter and got to, you know, it's for Bubba. So, <clears throat> but I mean, um, what we did when we got to Whitney Oaks is they had, you know, upside down cups. And I, I started, I thought of a new game. Uh, there's a new game that I want to play whenever I visit these cups or when I visit these practice greens is I want to play flip that cup. That's what I want to do. I want to play flip that cup and see how many cups I have to flip in order to enjoy my experience at the green. And so I think um, I did. I, I played flip that cup on two different holes, on two different cups on the green, and it was better. It was a better experience because what I hate about the green, and I've, I've, I've explained this several times before, is that the putter falls in and then it pops out, you know, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's like, it's like a Robin Williams bit. You put it on and it falls off. Okay. <laughs> no, um, I, I can't stand it when the ball falls in and then pops out. I really hate that. So I, I'm, I'm just going to play this game called flip that cup and see if anybody has a problem with it. And I'm just going to wash my hands after, because that's all you can do when you're, when you're in these, when you're on these greens, you just gotta play. You just gotta, you know, think of your own sanity. Cause uh, I want the ball to fall in the hole, not on top of the hole, and bounce out. I really hate that. So, and then that was about it. So that was the end of the day. So we spent about, I guess, eight hours on our putting putting green adventure. So uh, we visited we visited three cities. We visited Fairfield, California, Napa, California, and Rockland, California. So anyway, um, that's about it. Oh, I wanted to share one little thought about the Skins game that I remember from when I was a kid. When I was a kid, they had this program, you know, Thursday, I'm sorry, Saturday and Sunday of uh, Thanksgiving week was always devoted to the front nine and back nine of the Skins game. And what I just got done watching before this episode started was I watched uh, Lee Trevino get a hole-in-one on the 17th hole at PGA West on a green called Alcatraz, and it was Lee Trevino, Fuzzy Zeller, Arnold Palmer, and Jack Nicklaus in the Skins game, and that was a really, really cool event to watch every year on TV because Vin Scully was the lead announcer, and he would have been an unbelievable golf uh, broadcaster. And I really miss that. Um, I really wish that Vin Scully did more golf. And he did golf on NBC, and it was carried by NBC Sports. And then later on, ABC picked it up. And um, that was sort of. I, I guess it's all about sponsorship, and they and it was always in Palm Springs, and so they had. In '87, they had it at PGA West, and they and it was always devoted to the newest sort of golf course that had opened up in Palm Springs. I mean, off the top of my head, I remember um, Bighorn Golf Club, uh, PGA West. Um, that's about it. <laughs> I can't really remember, but I, I really and then they had the Senior Skins game, which was in Hawaii during I think Super Bowl weekend or something like that, which was always. Which was always fun. It was always Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas, Lee Trevino, and, um, and somebody else. Oh, Gary Player. Something like that. 
so anyway, it was always sort of the highest, uh, the highest uh, PGA Tour money winners of the year. You know, they had like Payne Stewart, Paul Azinger, Tiger Woods. Uh, I think Annika Sorenstam did it one year. Nick Faldo did it. Curtis Strange. I mean, if you were a top player back then, you 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 had your share of playing in the skins game, and it was all for charity, and it was all it was just great. I, I, the the players were mic'd up. I mean, Fred Couples did it. You had a really good sense of, you know, what the guys were talking about on the green and their conversation they had with their caddy and all that stuff, and and you know, over like banter between the players and stuff like that. You never really saw that on TV until the skins game came along. And Vince Scully just made it great. Vince Scully was um, the greatest golf announcer that never did golf in my life. I mean, he did golf back in, I think, the early 80s. And I think Lee Trevino was an analyst on NBC Sports. And I think that could have been the year that Isao Aoki won the Hawaiian Open. Um, I think it could have been 83, something like that. I think Vince Scully and Lee Trevino were on the call with that one. Uh, but that was, it was just fun. It was fun. I, I remember watching it with my dad and I remember, um, Thanksgiving always being fun to watch the skins game. So, and then I think, well, for this year, they're doing the thing with, uh, with Stephen Curry, Phil Mickelson, Peyton Manning, and Charles Barkley, or actually, I think let's do that. I, I think Phil Mickelson is playing with Charles Barkley and then Peyton Manning and, and, Stephen Curry are playing together, so it's called the match. So, I think that's the new version of the skins game. If people didn't put that together already, so anyway, um, so I'm gonna probably make a video with this Ping Pal Four and uh, check out my uh, my YouTube channel called the Knackered Golfist, and um, I have I have one video that's up that's. Um, that's me narrating the 1996 Masters with Nick Valdo hitting his second shot on the 13th hole at the Masters. And I go into a bit of commentary on, you know, why I think Ken Venturi is talking too much. And people are emailing me about it. It's like, well, you're doing a hell of a lot of talking. So. <sighs> so anyway, I think um, I'm not coming down with anything. So, uh. I think that um, it's getting a lot more views on YouTube, so it's going to be under a bit more scrutiny with the more views it gets. So um, I just got to be prepared for a bit more harsh criticism of that video, even though there are f there are more people that disagree with my view with my viewpoint on it than agree. So anyway, if you have a chance, check that out and check out a lot of my other videos. I do. Um, golf club reviews basically putter reviews of uh, old putters that i wish i could have putted well with when i was a kid so anyway i think i'm gonna call it right now so thanks for listening let's see how much time we're into right now oh i can't see where the darn 31 minutes okay anyway well i hope you have a great weekend and have a happy thanksgiving and i hope to make another episode um in the coming future and uh thanks for listening to the knack golf podcast and remember, whenever you go to a practice green, don't wear your golf shoes. And keep it relevant out there. Thanks for listening. Four, please. The knackered golfist now driving.